Oh, we ready? Are we ready? Are we ready? Good afternoon. Good evening. Happy Thursday to those who are already on Thursday. It is 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and you are listening to In the Mix Conversations with Colette and Corliss. Oh, y'all, I literally, when I say literally, just walked in from work. We have a new boss, and she went over. A meeting normally ends at 4, and I know we don't have no no issues getting here on time, but she didn't end until 4.20. Yeah, but I'm here. Woo! And it's in the mix. And today is February 1st. Wow, 2023. I would have never thought back in 1980 that I'd be saying 2000 anything, let alone when 1999 came and they had us all scared about 2000 and the world was just going to blow up or something. And we had us all nervous and truly had us partying like it was 1999. Um, and then we got in the 2000s and then all of a sudden we're in the 2020s. Like for real, like this is crazy or as my students would say, Cray, cray. <laughs> wow. Um, so it's Black History Month again, and it seems like that year went by quickly. Um, so today, as we do all the time, we have great guests. Um, and let's see, uh, is Colette, are you on? Are you on a different sign in? <clears throat> no, I'm on. I'm having technical issues. Okay. So I'm, I'm using a different device. Okay, because so, it says Pixel. I'm like, who is Pixel? Okay, got oh, it. Does it say Pixel? There we go. Now it says Colette. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay. I'm like, who the hell is Pixel? <laughs> yeah, and I and I ain't a pixie either. <laughs> okay, so, but yeah, we're in Black History Month, and I know you wanted to say yeah. a couple things before we let our guests come on. Um, I know you want to say a couple things about Black History Month, so take it away. Well, it is Black History Month, and I am so glad that we are here during this time, and I'm so glad that we've got Jamal Brown on. I met him in Altadena at a festival, a marketplace, and I was so entrenched in his his merchandise, his cards, the 365. Thought it was so great, and uh, you might remember we had someone on the show who has a game, Ebonyopoly. And it's just amazing that these things are not all over the country. And did you know that Walmart is selling the Wakanda game? It's a Monopoly game. So, no, I yeah, I, I I actually bought it for uh, Santa, rather, uh, uh, for my granddaughter. You yeah, told Santa to get it, right? I told Santa to get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I told well, is Santa it, to is it similar it. to the Inglewoodopoly and the Compton, Inglewood. like that whole series, but it's Wakanda uh, version? So there's a, there, I didn't know there was an Inglewood Monopoly. Oh yeah, about two years ago, Walmart was selling one. It was Inglewood. I have them in Inglewoodopoly. Print. I think it was Crenshawopoly or something. And You're I haven't kidding. opened them. I haven't opened them because I just like the fact that it says Inglewood and Crenshaw, whatever. So now wow. you're saying the Wakandaopoly. This is Wakanda Monopoly, and I don't remember okay. if it says Wakanda Monopoly or if it just says Wakanda. Well, they take the M out. They take the M out, so it's Opoly. So whatever it is, yeah. Is Opoly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. Okay. Right. Did you so open it? Or did, did the baby no, I, open no, the I, didn't, I, I don't know if she's opened it. I doubt it. I doubt it. But but uh Alicia Hempfield from Dallas has Ebonyopoly, which is okay. completely 
completely black, completely yes. African-American, completely yes. black, great game. And Jamal, from what I understand, I think they already know each other. But the other thing that I wanted to do is put uh, Jamal's cards, 365 and Ebony in the new Black Wall Street. <clears throat> so I'm hoping to uh, get Jamal and Alicia and everybody together so that there's a convergence on the new Black Wall Street and there won't be one beat missed. So we've got to do something, not just something different, but I was watching the news report on the funeral today, and I don't even like that word, for Tyree Nichols, and it brought tears to my eyes. And I'm listening to his mother. And it's amazing that I think that we, we're too still, we're too quiet. And now because of the shooting that took place in Monterey Park, they're talking about gun safety. There have been more shootings in the month of January than there are days. More. <clears throat> and it's at, there were 38 by the time this one took place. There were 38 mass shootings across the country. And in California alone, there's been something like eight, almost 10. Right. Which is absolutely sickening. Absolutely sickening. And it's not about gun safety. It's not about that because criminals are going to get guns anyway. Criminals are going to get guns anyway. So it's about humanity. It's about the lack of humanity. We're not teaching humanity. That's not important right now. Hmm. So we need to stop focusing on the wrong things and focus on what is right. We've got to start looking at what is right. And it's Black History Month. And more often, I'm hearing Black people say they gave us Black History Month because it started out as a week, Black History Week. And they, after some uh, uh, prodding, they gave us a month, but they gave us the shortest month of the year. And well, that's not the reason to... because of uh, his birthday is this month. Um, and I just, his name just escaped me that quick. Uh, the inventor, uh, the founder of Black History Month's birthday is in February. That's why, that's, that's why it's in February. Uh, you're talking about, um, why can't, why does that guy's name keep coming up? That's Dr. not him. Carter G. Woodson. Thank oh, you. Carter G. His Woodson. birthday, his birthday is in February and that's why February was chosen for the month. Not necessarily. Now it just happens to be the shortest month. Yeah, yes. it happens to be the but shortest month. But that's not month. why it was created. It was in honor of him. His right, birthday is right, in right, February. right, right. Carter G. Woodson. Thank that's you. right. Not get his name. Thank again. you, Jamal. That's why we have Jamal's card. Oh, right, exactly. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, so, but my point is that, wow, isn't that interesting? It fell on the month of February, the shortest month of the year. And yeah. we, we need to stop focusing on the shortest month of the year, but we need to make it clear that there is Black history that we need to focus on 365 days of every year. Correct. Every single year. Which ties into our guest, because that is what yeah. he is all about. His company is named... <laughs> Three uh three sixty three sixty five black yes. black three sixty five dot com. 
So I think uh, Jamal, can you show your face? Uh, you know, can you show your face, honey? Or do you have do you have rollers in your head? And you don't. <laughs> I am here. I am here. Uh, yeah, I was, yeah. I, I was following instructions. Says you know, stay on mute until you know until time. So right, right. mute is one thing, but face visual is different. <laughs> You're right. Well, you, uh, Corliss, you would say, do you have rollers in your hair? And I got rollers in, so I'm. <laughs> you are not gonna see you today, okay? <laughs> Um, as I say for every guest, it's always an honor when I bring my guests on or, or feature the guests, you know, that I have for that week. But this is, um, <laughs> this is absolutely full double loop circle for real, for real. So, uh, Colette, you know that I'm back at my high school, St. Mary's Academy. We went, it's so funny. We went on a field trip today, um, building bridges. Um, wait, hold on. Let me get the exact name because it was really good. Building Bridges, Good Trouble Walk. And it might be on the news tonight for those who are in the LA area. Channel two, four, five, and seven were there. They didn't talk to anybody, but they may show oh, it. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, they, oh, they did. showed they it. Did. Yeah, they okay. did show it. I saw it. Okay. They so did. I don't know if you saw me in the, in the blue blazer, but I was all up in the No, I was up but I, they did talk to, uh, what's her name? Bradford. I used to yeah, work with so her. Daphne Bradford. Daphne, yeah. Daphne Bradford is a blue tie class of 1984. Yes. Like me, we're classmates. Yes. And she invited us to be a part of, this is the third year that she's done that. And it's called the Good Trouble Walk, Cultural Sensitivity Summit. So what happens was we started at the Sixth Street Bridge and we walked across the bridge. Uh, it was, uh, St. Mary's. I had 12 girls with me, Dorsey, and um Locke, I believe. Locke was there for sure. Okay, thank you. And Locke. And so we walked across the bridge with the police, highway yes, patrol, saw, all the right. all the all the people, the highway patrol, LAPD police, yes. L- LAPD police, LA Unified School District Police, yes. California Highway Patrol. I don't know if I said that. And then the actual PD, or, or like I'll just call them all the popo. That's what my daddy used to call him, the popo. Anyway, so we walked across the bridge. Then we went to LAPD headquarters and we were able to have lunch with them. And, and then they showed us simulations. We did simulation exercises. The kids did on, um, how police would handle different events. So they would have, they had the thing on their eyes. I'm not sure what they call that. That virtual reality. And so we're watching the student and we could see on the screen what they're seeing. So like it was a, it was a scenario where you stop somebody. Um, at, um, in front of a school, stop somebody for speeding. Um, somebody was going to kill themselves. So they had a knife to themselves. So how would you deescalate that situation? And then the one, um, so there was one where they were going to kill themselves outside. And then there was one that was going to kill themselves on inside. I had that one. And then there was a, what you call a shooter, active shooter. So the students got the opportunity to put the belt on, like they had the gun and they actually had the opportunity to act like police. So anyway, that was really interesting. Um, and then we actually had a Q and A with the chief of police. Um, we had about, I think it was one, two, three, four, five, about six, six or eight students on stage and they had individual questions. They were selected to do individual questions to chief Moore. I love his last name is Moore. So I got to meet all those officers and it was just really good. And one of the things that just, <laughs> you know, the students got to talk. I try to just, you know, be in a faculty or be an administrator at the students but one of the things that pissed me off, one of the simulated situations, which was so crazy, and I had I couldn't I couldn't bite my tongue no more. One of the situations was a white woman who had gotten stopped by the police and the student or whoever played the, the cop, and 
you know, she's got an attitude. Why you stop me? Oh, I was speeding. Well, whatever. And he was like, you know, give me your license and registration. And she began to reach down. And the police officer did nothing. And she's reaching all over the car. And I'm just like, now, had that been me, I probably would have got shot and killed right there in the front seat. So I had to raise my hand. I said, you know what? You know, this further shows, even in a fake scenario, y'all still are showing the difference of the treatment between white people and people of color when it comes to police. And I, I just had to, I said, look, I just, I'm sorry. I just got to say this. And I said, it's, it's amazing. Even your fake scenario portrays a white person being able to do whatever the hell they want and not risk getting shot. I was taught, I'm the oldest of two girls. I have, my daddy didn't have any sons. So my dad was like, when you get the police, you keep your hands at 10 and two and you don't move until you tell them to. And if you move, you tell them exactly what you're doing. Yes, officer, you want my license? Okay, my registration is in my glove compartment, which is over there. I'm gonna take this right hand and open my glove compartment. I need you to watch me. Here's my hand. And I'm pushing the button. Okay, here's my registration. And then put your butt back on that steering wheel. Now, because I had to be taught that, that's crazy. I had to be taught that so that I wouldn't get killed in my car trying to get stopped by the post. You see what I'm saying? So anyway, I had to bring that up to them. I was like, you know what? I, I can't. I said, you know, not y'all in the room, the police, the popo that was in the room. But I, but I just was like, in general, there are so many different standards when it comes to a white person or for real, to be honest with you, a non-black person. I mean, you know, because even well, with Latino, sometimes Latinos don't get as much. They get the similar, but you definitely know when you are a black person, your life is in your hands when you're getting stopped by the police or you have any kind of interaction with the police. And the best thing you can do is not have an attitude, number one, and comply and then comply again and then comply again and do exactly what they say. Because if you don't, you did. And it's sad that I have to say it like that. Okay. Well, I'm glad you said that because... There was a, another, another high speed chase last night around seven. And that high speed chase resulted in two innocent white mm-hmm. men losing their lives. Okay. And those guys that were do- on the high speed chase, it was in a stolen truck mm-hmm. and were running from the police as usual. Mm-hmm. So of course today the police they have to make sure that everybody understands that they were only doing their job. And they said that they pulled away once the guy ran through the red light. They began to pull away. Well, the guy had taken this this pursuit for three hours. It was three hours. So when you say they don't do the same thing to Mexican guys every single day, Every single day, right now, even as we speak, there's some Mexican running from the police right now. I don't care what you say, it's happening right now. They don't even get the same treatment that black men do. Just watch them. Just watch them. They do not get the same treatment. And anytime you see them, the, they can give up. Somebody can, can reach for them. They don't throw them on the ground and beat them the same way those black guys beat up Tyree Nichols. They don't do that, but they make sure they get us at every, every turn. 
Every you're right. And, and it's sad because when you look church. at the race pecking order, we are on the bottom. We're period. on the bottom. We're period. on the bottom. I don't care how you slice it. Say period with a T. Period. We are period. on the absolute bottom. We're, we're the on that the we bottom. Get, and I don't know what makes it, and I know it's historical, what makes everybody so scared of black folk. Well, not everybody. White people. So scared of black folk. Right. Well, everybody too. But you know what I'm saying? Like, what is about yeah. your skin tone that just makes you, you got a gun. Why are you scared? There it is. There it is. There it is. Oh, right there. there you is. got the mace. You is. got the there baton. What the hell am I going to do? Unless I got a, one of those M40 or whatever machine guns and I'm shooting at you. Why are right. you so scared of me sitting in the car wanting to reach for my glove compartment to give you my registration? Like, you are already antsy. Your hand is already on your, on your gun asking me for registration. For real? Right. Right. For real. So anyway, we we gonna need to. Have, we I think I'm gonna have to get. I'm gonna have to. Um, we gonna have to get a popo on the station so that we can just drill them because I don't want to take time for my boy. So anyway, let's let's circle back. So just interesting that we were talking about that, and I was with the popo on today. Wonderful program. We like I said, we walked this walked over. We had we had the opportunity to just watch these simulations and ask questions of what people would do in the situation. And the whole piece is de-escalating. Then I asked, I said, are y'all still doing cultural sensitivity training? Yeah, we had that in, in what you call it. And every five years, you have to go through some cultural sensitivity. I said, yeah. five years? In the last five years, we've had so much lack of cultural sensitivity. Y'all need to do that every year. But who am I? I ain't nobody. I'm just a taxpayer. You know. But, but that cultural sensitivity training only works when somebody feels that they need some kind of training or they need a refresher course or they need to be more sensitive or they need help in that area. If they well, don't think somebody dies on the police hands and the yeah. folks on the Yeah. How do you tell grown folks you need to change your behavior? You need to change your attitude. That's exactly why those black boys those black punks beat up Tyree Nichols. Because, that was one reason. There was a, there's okay. some other background story on oh, that. Oh, yes. But, but, but see, still, they, it don't matter. But yes, they beat him matter. down for, to a pole. They beat him down because they could and because they knew they could get away with it. There's, an extra, there's some extra parts of the story. And then we got to bring on my boy. So let me just tell yeah. you. So right let me here. just tell you the extra piece. And I'm going to text you the little thing. Apparently, your boy Tyree was messing with one of their wives. Shut up. Girl, uh -uh, uh -uh, I'm uh -uh, telling you, uh -uh. I got it. I'm going to send it to you. I'm no. going to send it to you. I got it on my phone. He was messing with one of them wives, and so that is why they beat him so like that. Yes, ma'am. It is in print. I will send it to you. And so send something was going on. He was messing with one of their wives, and they were out. Because it was just like, why five black men got to be beating down a black man? So just a side note. I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to send it to you, Ke Kiana, as well. And you can even look it up. But yes, apparently he was messing with one of their wives. And so you know when your boys get together, police or not. So yes. Yeah, so we'll, 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 oh, so that's why the other officer said, I hope they stomp his ass. Oh. You can see me. You see uh -huh. me pointing to you. That I do. Mean, that means that part. In sign language, in my sign language. So yeah. So anyway, rewind. Here we go. So my boy today. So you let me tell you, you know how you know I miss education, right, Colette? And uh -huh. you know I be doing my thing. We met with me coming to your school and doing a presentation. Uh -huh. And I think for Occidental, I think it's been since 92. We, did I meet you when I was at Occidental? 
92. Um, what school were you at 92? Youth um Youth Unlimited or something? 92. Yeah, 92. Um, 92, no. I was doing Oh, 92. No, I wasn't there. Uh-uh. Okay. So it must have been since USC, which is 96, which is still 20, yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Nonetheless. Yeah, it was 90, yeah, it was 90. It was after that. Yeah. Okay. So for those who don't know, my background is in admissions and outreach. And I, I worked for Occidental College for two years before leaving and going to get my master's at the University of San Francisco. And while I was in San Francisco, I was still doing outreach for Occidental because they were short staff, which was nice because they let me fly to New Orleans. Ah. Anyway. Um, and so then I came to USC in 96 and the first three years I was a senior assistant director of admissions for USC in the territories. So one of my territories was the Antelope Valley, which is where, um, uh, Palmdale Lancaster is. And so here I am doing my presentation and this young black dude, very astute. I think you were a junior because you were running, right? Okay. So when did you graduate? 99 or 98? Uh, 2000. 2000. Okay. So fall of 90, no, fall of 98, because you were still a junior and then you won and became the student body president. Right. So your junior year, fall of 98, 99, and then 2000, right. Fall of 98, I'm in his, um, doing my thing. You know, we do four, I do four schools visits a day, do presentations about, you know, USC at this time. And here he is, you know, bright eyed and bushy. Oh, Miss Bennett. Oh yeah. I'm thinking about SC. You know, we stayed in touch and everything. I did my presentation so that he could would apply to USC in his senior year. He was a junior. And then toward the end of his junior year, he got elected to be the first black student body Antelope Valley. Antelope Valley uh, High Lancaster High School. Lancaster High, thank you. Lancaster High School, first black ASB president. And for those who don't know what ASB, Associated Student Body, or whatever they call it these days. So the school student body president, first black. Um, and so he was like, oh, Miss Bennett, Miss Bennett, I, I, I won. He called me. I won. I'm the, I said, okay, you know, you got to put that on your academic resume. You got to talk about that. Anytime you're meeting with a college recruiter, always introduce yourself as, you know, hi, I'm Jamal Brown and I'm the, you know, Lancaster student body president, whatever. So he goes through the admissions process. He applies. He, um, does end up with some scholarship money to go to Long Beach State. Am I right? That's correct. I don't know how I'd be remembering all this. This is like, anyway. Years ago. Years. So he graduated in 2000 from Lancaster High School. He was a senior, I mean, he was the student body president, 1999-2000. And he went on about his business. Ended up going to Long Beach. They gave him some money. I ain't mad. He's like, I'm sorry, Miss Bishop. I was like, don't be sorry. Go where the money's at. Get your education. So then we connected again when he started his, um, his, um, company, which is Black Three, uh, Black 365 dot com, which is exactly what you were talking about, Colette, about celebrating black history 365 days a year. Yes, yeah. we focus, you know, everybody learn about your, your big five, your Martin Luther King, W.D. Du Bois, um, Rosa Parks, Harry Tubman, <laughs> and Malcolm. You know, you got your big five that everybody, you know, you're forced to study for 28 and occasionally 29 days, right? So that's when it's really like there. But he, came up with this company and I'll let him explain it more um, where it celebrates 365. So then he sent me a calendar way back then. And then I never heard from him again. You know, he's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. Well, the California state university did a Juneteenth conference. And this is, I'm, I'm saying this for a reason about how when you pour life in, into your students and you know, this Colette being an educator, 
it comes back to you somehow. You learn later, you know, you get the thank yous, you know, somebody now that's 40 years old with three kids, you know, I get a text like, oh my God, Corliss, thank you for everything you did for me at USC or at Occidental or when I was a teacher. And it comes back, oh, I'm doing this. Hey, Miss B, I got my master's. Can you come to my, you know, my first eighth grade class? I got my master's. Can you come to my graduation? What? Master's in education, just like you. What? Oh my God. So the Juneteenth conference is at the Hyatt, I believe. And and at the, um what do you call it? Yep. LAX Hyatt. LAX Hyatt. Last hotel on the right hand side of the street in Century before you hit the hit the airport. And I'm just looking for a seat. I'm looking for my friend. And I was like, oh, I'll just eat lunch and hook up with her later. And there was like two seats left at his table. I sit down and I'm like, okay, whoo, get ready for lunch. And he looks up, he goes, It's you. I'm looking around like, okay. And he said, I think he said Corliss Bennett. Hi, Corliss Bennett. You had the name tag on. You had the name oh, tag well, on. Oh, I had my name tag on, right. And he's like, Corliss Bennett, it's you. And I'm like, okay, he calling me by the government name in a way that not, you know, not reading, uh, Corliss Bennett. Oh, nice to meet you. No, Corliss Bennett. <laughs> I'm like, he calling my name like he know me. And so he was like, oh my God, it's you. And I was like, hi. And he was like, oh my God. You know, and I said, well, wait, wait, wait. Well, how do I know you? And he said, um, uh, I said, wait a minute. He said, USC. I said, stop. I said, all I need from you is a year and the high school you attended, and I'm going to tell you who you are. Now, there's white people, a couple white people, a couple Asian people, people basically. Asian people at the table, and I needed them to see this <laughs> dynamic because they always see us in such a negative light, not necessarily the crowd of people that was at that symposium, but I'm sure those people that were at our table, couple Asian, couple two white people, whatever, see us in a different light anyway. But this dynamic was so off the hook, Colette, it was off the hook. So I said, stop, do not tell me. I just need the year you graduated and the high school you attended. And I'm going to tell you who, I was like, and then I'll know. And he said, okay. Lancaster 2000. He said, Lancaster High School 2000. And then I looked at him and his face became familiar. I said, ha, I know who you are. Now I couldn't see his name tag. Right, I, I didn't said, have a name tag on. I didn't have you, one oh, on. You didn't, okay, you didn't have a name tag on. I said, I know who you are. So now I got the attention to the other eight people at our table because now everybody's watching this dynamic. I said, you were the first black president of Lancaster High. And his mouth, his whole Kool-Aid smile, he's like, yes. I was like, oh, my God. And they're like. We got up. We hugged. We took pictures. We hugged. Right. I I know they're thinking, this evidence, just how the hell does she know? So, of course, I get up, and we have this big Kodak moment. I'm hugging him, and I pull him back, and I hug him back, and I'm pulling back. I'm like, oh, my God. From an instant meeting when he was a junior in high school and letting our kids know, not only is USC, you know, USC, but I always talked about how just go to school, go to college, take advantage of what it is you want to be when you grow up, go pursue it now. Don't take a year off and think you're going to come back. The the percentage is so low for you to leave, take off a year and come back. The percentage is low. People can do it, but go straight through. Please, if you're listening, you have kids, do not let them take a, a year off. Please send them straight through. The odds of them graduating with their BA or BS are so much higher. And here I am sitting across from the table from the very guy that sat in my presentation as a junior in high school who is now successful and owns this company, Black 365, where he creates not only Colette Black History Month calendars, 
but Latino heritage calendars. So now I'm going to let him talk because I'm just so excited to have him and see him and tell us why did you do this? I'm why are you doing, why are you doing Latino calendar? I'll answer that as well. But uh, okay. thank you. Thank you. I'm both happy and humbled and honored to be here. Uh, truly, truly is a pleasure uh, to answer that question. I definitely have to go back. I have to go back to Lancaster Palmdale area to ask to answer the question why I do this Black 365 calendar where I sell thousands of calendars all over the world. But again, it started with my very first memories in life, which were in a mobile home park in Palmdale, California. Um, despite my parents' socioeconomic status, they always saw it fit to have me and my brother go to a private school, not only on the other side of town, but in the other city on the other side of town, right? It was nowhere near where that mobile home park was at in Palmdale did I ever go to school. Always went far, far away to a private school. And in that private school, uh, it was fifth grade. A teacher gave us an assignment. Said, go home, figure out five things you want to do, five career choices, come back, tell the class. I was always a diligent student, always on top of my thing, right? So I go home. Um, of course, the news and TV were on. Uh, sat back and thought for a second about the the occupations and roles and things inside of my family, uh, extended family, and inside of uh, those people who lived in my mobile home park. And I wrote down my list. Uh, next day, went to school. I was the third person in line to stand up on that X in front of the class and let the class know what you're going to do. Uh, the white boy who went first, he talked about being an astronaut or a firefighter, and I don't remember the rest of his list. The girl in front of me, I don't remember her entire list. I just remember one thing. She, she said she was going to be a podiatrist. took me about 20 years to figure out what in the world a podiatrist was. Uh, it's a foot doctor, <laughs> for those who might not know. It's a foot doctor, right? I'm like, this girl's mother did her homework for sure, right? And I'm thinking my list looks dramatically different than these things that I heard. But I said, uh, the things that I see people inside my family doing, people inside my neighborhood doing, and, of course, news, TV, film, and all that says I'm going to be an athlete, a drug dealer, a gang member, or entertainer. Athlete. You wrote that on your list? I wrote that on my list, and I said oh, it loudly God. and proudly in front of the classroom. No, you didn't. True story. My mother was here. She would vouch for it because a uh, teacher walked me slowly to the slowly to my chair, patted me on my head, and said, uh, we have a parent-teacher conference, uh, late, you know, impromptu parent-teacher conference later on today. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. mom, mom and teacher had a parent-teacher conference. I just know I couldn't play my Nintendo for, like, the rest of the summer. The whole summer I couldn't, oh, couldn't play. <laughs> yeah, but, you uh, you oh did that God. to be spiteful, or you were really – that was your list? Inside that of my heart of hearts. That's all I seen. That's uh, all I thought. Yeah, that's, that's all right. I imagined. That's the capacity of black people doing again, they got to right. understand the, we got to understand the power of media, got to understand the power uh, of our environment and, 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 and what we saw and what, you know, what, what young people see. And that, yeah, that right. was true and honest list. Uh, throughout yeah. my life, I put varying levels of energy into a number of those things. I thought about becoming a gang member because certainly gang members are respected uh, members of society, right? You <laughs> um, are incredible. That is such an incredible story. That is you. so incredible. Thank you, thank that's you. So incredible, because that's what we talk about. Indeed, you think that that's not real. It is real. This is really in the hearts and minds. Yeah, right. indeed, indeed. Thought about becoming a, uh, um, a gang member. Um, then I started thinking, like, I asked myself a question. Then that I still can't answer to this day. When gang members aren't out committing murder and mayhem, like, what do gang members do? I don't really know what gang members do, right? Um, uh, plus, uh, you know, there's no retirement, you know, no, no retirement plans, no, no, no real out to being a gang member, right? Uh, additionally, my father had been shot. My father's still alive, but my father's been shot. So I've had a pretty good secondhand view of what a bullet can do to flesh. It's 254 stitches uh, uh, in his leg and skin grafts and all the things he had to uh, go through. I uh, decided very quickly that I didn't quite want bullets in my 
life. And so I scratched becoming a gang member <laughs> off the list relatively early. Uh, next, I thought about becoming a drug dealer. I was, uh, there's a drug dealer on my streets. Uh, I believe the statute of limitations is up. So I'll tell you his name. His name was Dwight. Dwight lived on my street and Dwight sold drugs. <laughs> uh, he had the, he had the nice car, the booming sound system. He had the ladies and Dwight used to give me candy on the regular. So I thought certainly being a drug dealer isn't that bad of a gig. I was so convinced I was going to be a drug dealer that one day I actually decided to tell my mother of my career aspirations. Again, if my mother was here, she would vouch for this story. It was a Sunday morning. Uh, getting ready for church. Mom was washing a few little dishes, a handful of palm olive soap. We all know that green bottle of palm olive, right? She's washing dishes. I sat down at the bar store in front of her. I said, Mom, I figured out what I want to do. Uh, matching my energy. She says, what, baby? Tell me. I said, I'm going to sell drugs. And when I said it, I sort of dipped back, right? I dipped back because I thought that hand was going to come out the water and slap me in the next week. Hand didn't come out the water. She just kept her head down, kept washing those dishes. No, you didn't. No, she, you was didn't. Washing, she was washing dishes for about a minute, but that minute felt like a year. She was I know silent. it did. Yeah. She was silent. Yeah. Then she started humming. That's when I got real scared. When a black woman starts humming, that's when serious business, serious oh, contemplations are going on inside her head. Yeah. Do I, I kill now or wait? Do right. I force you or wait? Put him out of his misery or wait? She was, she was, she was humming some old Negro spiritual. So I don't know what she I was. I know talking. she was. I know she was. Finally, she spoke, and she said, "Baby, I don't think it's going to work out too well for you." So why not? She said, "Well." After I beat you, I'm okay. going to call the cops on you, and you're going to go to jail. So grand opening, right. grand closing. My whole drug career lasted about three minutes, three minutes. I didn't sell <laughs> an ounce, a nickel, a dime. I didn't sell nothing. I was a drug dealer for three strong oh minutes. And then <laughs> from that point forward, I was about uh, eighth grade or so then. Uh, from that point forward, I started dedicating my life to the game of basketball. I played basketball night and day, day and night. I convinced my parents for the first time to allow me to go no longer to that private school that I went to my whole life to, to public school. So that's why I began attending Lancaster High School in 1996. Uh, made it my goal to become captain of the team, became captain of the uh, basketball team. Uh, was leading the team in all categories, points, blocks, steals, turnovers, fouls, technical fouls. I was doing everything. I was doing everything to the max, right? And uh, one day I wasn't feeling too well. Uh, after a practice, my same loving mother took me to the doctor. I ran a whole host of tests, ears, nose, eyes, everything head to toe. At the end of that meeting, Dr. said, Mr. Brown, you have apical hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. I said, could you say that in English, please? I said, you have apical hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. The tip of your heart, Mr. Brown, is uh, thicker than it should be. It's about two times thicker than it should be. Uh, probably now I realize there was a trauma response where I said, you know, uh, made light of the situation. You know, maybe that's why I'm so good. My, my heart has a muscle, extra muscles on it. Maybe that's why I'm so good, right? I said, well, we have a game against, I said, we have a game against our rival at Antelope Valley High School next week. Uh, he said, no, Mr. Brown, uh, you have a heart surgery scheduled for next week. So I literally went from a basketball court to an operating table as a 14-year-old uh, freshman in high school. Now, uh, was this ever giving you any pain or anything? Uh, again, I got some shortness of breath. I got a little dizzy a couple times, but um, not so much by way of pain, no. Um, had, had a surgery. I woke up from that surgery room for the doctors, nurses, family, everyone looking, you know, uh, melancholy at best. Uh, no one would say anything. Finally, I spoke and said, you know, when can I play basketball again? Uh, that lead uh, cardiologist, Dr. Young, said um, surgery didn't quite go as expected. There's no additional surgery, no medication. Nothing we can do, Mr. Brown, will fix your condition. And I, I, further, he said, I'll never sign the release or the waiver, medical waiver, for you to play basketball again. 
uh, that's something difficult for anybody at any age, but particularly me, a young person who had never updated my list, athlete, drug dealer, gang member, entertainer. I never put any additional thought, any additional uh, uh, emphasis into my hopes and dreams and goals and aspirations. Again, athletics, aside from those other things, was it. Uh, as you can imagine, depression came, uh, 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 was, you know, all sorts of things came. But uh, at some point I realized, though, um, there's something wrong with my heart, but there's nothing wrong with my mind, right? I realized that, you know, each and every day the sun comes up and I can decide, I have the choice to go further from where I was and closer to where I want to be. And, you know, I realized, that, you know, if you can look up, then you can get up. And uh, certainly at that point got up and I started using the same energy uh, that I used to use on the basketball court in the field of education. Um, I also started with more time on my hands, I started picking up books. I picked up books on Malcolm and Martin and Marcus Garvey and the Nile River and the pyramids in Egypt and, again, Du Bois and all these, you know, wonderful uh, heroes and sheroes that we have. And uh started realized that, Excellence is in me. I'm a part of a great history, a great lineage, a great legacy, a great and mighty race of people who have done so many things with the mothers and fathers of civilization, the world's first doctors, first lawyers, first politicians, first mathematicians, first to do so many things then and now. We continue to, you know, push the envelope and drive history, drive culture and drive societies, you know, even to this day. And, uh, Inspired by all that, again, I did some great things in terms of student government. In addition, I was uh, Lancaster High School's first ever black valedictorian, uh, accepted to oh, eight, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, accepted to eight universities, accepted USC, accepted North Carolina Chapel Hill, NYU, Emory, uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. Again, Cal State Long Beach said we have a nice thing called the President Scholarship, not just any old college scholarship, but the President Scholarship that pays four years of all your academic fees and classes and books and all that good stuff in dorms. And so uh, I decided to go down there. I uh, didn't want to go too far from mom and dad. And, uh, again, SC again was giving me some pretty good scholarship money, but, uh, Cal State Long Beach said, Hey, we're giving you the full we'll ride. You're going to pay it all. <laughs> and so my mama didn't raise no fool. And so, uh, that's why I wound up down there. Uh, I remember when you called me and you were apologizing, Miss B, but today I said, say, I can't say no. I tried to have you convince me. How can I say no? And you're like, you can't say no to that. <laughs> and so, um, uh, fast forward a little bit. So, uh, after I uh, graduated my degree in business information systems, uh, uh, I started a career making some pretty good money in real estate and doing some tech stuff. But I wasn't quite fulfilled. There was still more that I wanted to share. I had all these individuals and instances and ideas and dates and facts and all these things bouncing around in my mind from the studies that I had started again after that time, no longer playing basketball up into the present. And so, uh, started sitting down and, uh, etching out some dates and facts on a, on a timeline. That would be the early stages of that calendar that you just showed that's now been published for 14 years. And again, the year 2010, to uh, produce the first Black 365 calendar, because I wanted to ensure that no other young person would ever uh, have to say, all I want to do is be an athlete or drug dealer or a gang member or entertainer, because that's all I know, that's all I see. I wanted to have something that showcased our greatness every single day, 365 days as an inventor, a, 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 a mathematician, as something, uh, someone of significance or a significant instance that has shaped the globe of someone who looked like us. And so that truly is the reason why that was published to ensure that no one else uh, had the opportunity to say, you know, those ignorant things that I, that I said in that fifth grade class uh, that day. Wow. So again, you produce this calendar and I've had it a couple of times and now I'm going to have it every year because um, 
the Black Student Union, we use this as a fundraiser this year, um, and we will continue to do so as long as I'm at St. Mary's. And what's so good about this calendar is like it has something every day. There is a Black fact. And so tell us more about how you came to that that thought process of saying, I'm going to do something where every day people can learn a black flag. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that that's what you're going to say. Everything indeed, indeed, indeed. <laughs> Again, uh, my studies just, you know, highlighted to me that every field imaginable, imaginable from science to medicine to technology to engineering to sports to everything we have you know indelibly put our fingerprints on and uh, again there's no subject under the sun that we haven't uh, impacted and influenced and pushed the envelope for and uh, again just wanted to uh, shine a spotlight on every you know all those individuals and instances that you know have taken place that have shaped the globe again what we call black history truly is world history i'll say it one more time what we call black history truly is oftentimes the missing pages of world history and again i wanted to shine the biggest spotlight i could again on on the greats who have done you know so many great things for us right absolutely let me ask you a question yep let me move move to some light i'm gonna walk around this room with me real fast as i get close to the light (laughs) you heard uh desantis talk about desantis in in florida florida yes and yes and on the view this morning they roasted him Mm, and they just yeah they just stopped right at the window before they called him a racist. But he is a racist. There's no question. He is a racist. And he does not say anything about teaching Hispanics history, teaching white history, Jewish history. He doesn't say anything about that. It's black history that he is so opposed to. What are your thoughts on that? Again, a little background. He and the black folks who oppose this and especially this critical race theory. And, Correct. and they teach, they, they don't want critical race theory because one of ignorance to fear. Go right ahead. Indeed. For those who may not uh, be familiar with what sister was talking about, uh, the, the state of Florida had passed, I believe the educational board had passed, uh, an AP, advanced placement, African American history, uh, curriculum. And, uh, DeSantis and others have vetoed, struck down, or, you know, thrown their weight around and used the force uh, that they have to stop this, uh, AP Black History course from taking place in the state of Florida. Uh, absolute travesty, absolutely disgusting, absolute ignorant, absolute, as you mentioned, fear. Fear of what? Uh, fear of that we might learn too much. The power, right. The power that Black History and, 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 and information has in, in the hearts and minds of, of people just like me. Again, how many, you know, Val Victorians do you want running around? How many, again, uh, first black this and that do you want to run, run around? You know, uh, p- people that you can over police and uh, over incarcerate. We can have those running around all day, every day. But again, uh, uh, seeing the transformative power that black history has, seeing the transformative power of a positive self image, uh, has and that can be gained through knowledge, uh, as you, as I said, is truly, uh, 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 for whatever reason, something that people fear when it should be celebrated, when it should be advanced, uh, people fear that for their, for their own agendas. And it's, uh, sickening, disheartening, disgusting, you know, any of those, any of those long list of words can, uh, can be used to describe, you know, that phenomenon. Right. And it's, it's a shame because it says so much more than just, I don't want it. DeSantis, who I personally think is, is an ignorant man, but when someone, I've watched a discussion between black people 
two black men, a white woman, and another white man, as a matter of fact, on uh, Dr. Phil. And Dr. Phil wanted to know why black people oppose critical race theory. And they, just like the white folks who sat on the panel, they say, why bring up critical race theory? Why bring it up? Are you trying to impose a hurt on the people who had nothing to do with that? Let it go. And the the idea that we don't need to teach Black history, we don't need to talk about what has happened in this country, that's what the 1619 Project is all about. That's exactly what it's all about. And I agree with Nicole Hannah-Jones. This is our country. We are definitely the descendants of Africans. There's no question. But this country was built on our backs. Our blood is in the soil. That's right. Our blood is in the soil. And what are they so scared of? Like The truth. They're really scared of knowing the truth. That part. See? They don't want the truth. Right. What what we call critical race theory, I just simply call black history. Let's call it facts. I just call it, you know, the the reality of things. They call it, give it another name. It doesn't have to be critical race theory. Give it another name. But it's time to tell the truth. And they are so afraid of us knowing the truth. Yes. Because if, if it really got down to it and all the black people in the world wanted to revolt, we could. And that's what they're scared of. They're scared if we get enough knowledge where everybody be like, what the hell? Like that whole, what the hell? Like if every black person on the, in the United States go, what the hell? At the same time, and we start taking over stuff, that's what they're scared of. And so they want to keep stuff on the under as long as long as they possibly have and have, right? Have meaning what they've done prior to today and will do from this day forward because it's t- we can't have black folks too smart because they'll knew, they'll know what to do. Well, and remember that, and remember that, and remember that right now, black folks are on the bottom, so far on the bottom, we can't see daylight. Nope. So they, and I say they, because we're, we really are oppressing ourselves. We're Absolutely. doing it to ourselves. And, and my theory is that those five punks in Memphis, they did what they did. And there's no way for me to, to believe or disbelieve that there was something going on between uh, the wife of one of them or not. I don't know. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Right. They right. beat him to death and he's a kid he's 29 years old he's a kid what you should have done was talk to him and say look okay but they wait for us to do ourselves because they know we're going to do it they know we're going to get ourselves we're going to get each other because that's been our pattern we do it to ourselves so they no longer today in 23 theorists because look at the conversation that we're having right now we're still talking about this stuff that's been going on for 400 years we haven't gotten past it because there's no way for us to get past it because we're still lacking now when they continue to treat us the way they do and we don't need them every every time you wake up it's like okay another one another one another one another one and i was just and i was just like 
why the hell would five brothers beat down a brother like that? And I just text y'all, Keanu, look at your cell phone. I just text y'all the situation where it, where it talks about what happened and, and, and one of the things as to the reason why they beat him like that. But it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And I'm so glad, Jamal, that you came up with this idea. And I don't, and, and every year it's not, it's nothing repeated, right? Um, you are looking for facts pretty much every year, right? That's right. That's right. There's uh, the 12 key features I've only repeated in 14 years. Um, uh, um, uh, Ida B. Wells and Martin Luther King. Only two people have been uh, repeated in, in, in 14 years. And again, some facts, I'll recycle them, but uh, typically, yes. Uh, I guarantee a, a minimum of 100 new facts every year, but I always go far, far beyond, far beyond just the 100 from year to year. So I have a cap, I have a copy of the calendar and I just want to read so that you guys can understand like the, how, how deep this goes. It's not your typical Martin Luther King did this. Harriet Tubman did this. Like he digs deep. I'm just going to read from the 23rd last Monday to today. So you, you can get a week's worth of facts. Okay. January 23rd, the mini series roots received an Emmy. I'm sorry, nine Emmy awards. First aired on ABC in 1977. January 24th, world-class historian Arthur Slumberg was born in Santee, Puerto Rico. There's a Schomburg, there's a Schomburg Institute of like African Studies in uh, in New York to this day, uh, named after Brother Ar- Ar- Arthur Schomburg. Yep. <laughs> um, and and he was a world-class born in 1874, January. January 25th, cancer-fighting medical physics, Dr. Hadia Nicole Green was born in St. Louis in 1981. January 26th, activist, author, and professor Angela Davis was born in Birmingham, Alabama in 1944. That's January 26th is Angela Davis's birthday. Where are you going to find that fact? (laughs) January 27th, Rob Ellison's book, Invisible Man, won a National Book Award in 1953. Saturday, January 28th, Brother Kwame and Alumbe Brathwaite, am I saying mm-hmm. that? Staged the first of his, na- uh, sorry, I'm sorry, staged the, reading is fundamental, staged the first of a series of natural pageants in 1962. Sunday, this past Sunday, January 29th, track and field star Aaron Knighton who competed in the 2020 Olympics at the age of 17, was born in Tampa, Florida in 2004. Monday, two days ago, Franklin Thomas became the president of the Ford Foundation in 1979. These are facts you ain't gonna never hear. Yesterday, January 31st, Ernie Banks, Presidential Medal of Freedom recipient and the first African-American Chicago Cubs player was born in 1931. And today, February 1st, Sam Cooke received a star on the Walk of Fame in 1994. These are the types of facts and figures that you can get from the African-American, from the 14th annual edition of the Black365.com African-American calendar. Now, I heard Colette ask a question. 
that I don't want you to ignore and I want you to answer. Okay. Why are you also doing a calendar for Latinos? This is Colette's question. I understand. Got it. Got it. Got it. Asked, why are you doing a calendar for Latinos? Got it. Got it. Got it. There's a couple of ways I'll answer. I can't, could no. answer that question. Okay. But, but wait a minute. But wait yes, a minute. What's there to understand? What's there to understand? They wouldn't do a calendar for you. Okay, Colette, 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 Colette. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We heard. I heard I'm your sorry. question. We're gonna let the brother answer the question. Okay. Uh, right. Okay. Slap in your hand. Okay. Slap in your hand. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead, Jamal. I'll okay. answer. I'll answer this way. Um, history is what I do. Black history is what I do. And I understand there has been a closeness between uh, African-Americans, Black folks, and Latinos, Hispanics uh, throughout history. In fact, the second president of Mexico, his mother was an African. Uh, he uh, outlawed enslavement in Mexico before the United States did. So there has been historically a closeness uh, in our communities. It obviously, it's gone up and down, and things are oftentimes strained right now. Uh, things are, you know, strained in our relationships and what have you. But uh, more, more specifically, I'll give an actual uh actual example or, or answer this question this way. Uh, I was at a conference one time and I was speaking about the calendar and the work that I do and what have you. And afterwards, a young lady, a Hispanic young lady approached me and said, you know, I heard the things you said, how uh, how eloquently and how passionately you spoke about black history and the importance of shining a spotlight on your heroes and sheroes. said the uh, heroes and sheroes in, 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 in Latin American history aren't always, you know, uh, given shine uh, as well. And I thought about it. Like that is, you know, a fact. And so uh, from that conversation, uh, I was spurred to uh, put some effort behind and create the world's first and only 365 days of uh, Hispanic heritage uh, calendar. Uh, Yeah, that's the story. I I understand. I understand. And call me racist. I call me racist. I, I I really don't care. I've been called racist many times. But let me say it this way. They do not care about you. And the reason you don't see a calendar is because they're not going to invite you into their homes, into their into their schools. They're not going to invite you anywhere. And that's a fact. I had a student while I was working at Crenshaw High School, I had a student say to me, you guys had your chance. You had your chance and you blew it. Mm, it's our wow. turn. And now we're taking it and you lost it. It's wow. our turn. And we're taking, I swear to God, we're taking it back. We're taking it back. Okay. I had another student say to me at Crenshaw High School, I called to get my students into a conference because I'd been sent a flyer and I called her to get more details on the conference. She says, when she heard me say, my name was Mrs. Williams and I'm from Crenshaw High School, her, her antennas went up. She says, I need to tell you that. Uh, this conference is for Hispanic students only. Mm. No one else is allowed in. I said, oh, really? She says, yes. I said, oh, okay, thank you very much. And never did I ask for another student to go to that conference. The other is that I did I did uh, 14 workshops at Jefferson High School. And in one of my workshops, uh, six girls sat in the second row in the auditorium. And as I let kids go out for nutrition, these six Mexican girls sat there in the seat and they, Mrs. Williams, Mrs. Williams, Mrs. Williams, can we talk to you for a minute, Mrs. Williams? Yes, yes. Mrs. Williams, why don't you let the ignorant kids go outside and we'll stay in. 
we like you and we like what you're doing. We want to stay in here with you. Just let the ignorant kids go out. From that moment till this, I've never been able to answer her because one, I didn't know there was a, 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 a word called <laughs> ignorant. Okay. I didn't know there was a such thing as ignorant. The second thing is I've had too many instances where they have said to me, we don't like you and don't get it twisted. We don't want you in our communities and we're taking it back. Now, the reason I asked Corliss about the march across the freeway today was because when Via Ragosa was mayor, there were a hundred thousand, one hundred thousand of them that crossed the first street bridge. And Via Ragosa was up front in the center, marching with them with the sign up. I saw it with my eyes. I could not believe it. And they were never stopped. How many black folks do you think were allowed in that march? None. None. And Via Ragosa said, I'm doing this for my people and we're here. And I, this is be, because this is what we want. I'm here for my people and I'm fighting for the rights for my people. And if you remember the movie, the movie, um, A Day Without a Mexican. Remember that? Yeah. Okay. Have you seen a mo the movie called A Day Without a Black Man? I've heard of it. I heard that there is. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, we, we don't have that. No. <laughs> I, believe, I believe there's a play. I believe there's a play. I could be wrong, but I believe there's a play. Okay. How could we allow something like that? Because if we said, what are you going to do without us? Because that's what they said. What are you going to do without us? And don't get me wrong. Do not get me wrong. Don't take it the wrong way. For real, I'm not a racist, but I am racist. Okay, and I am not going to say my closest friends are the Brown brothers and sisters. Okay, I'm not going to say that, but I just said it. But what my point is that equality ain't equality. Equality ain't equal. And if we're fighting them also, because they're not fighting white folks, we are. We are. They don't have anything to fight. They get everything. They get everything. They're not going to do for you what we do for them. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen because they can fight amongst themselves and like each other. We can't do that. We cannot do that. And that's why she was able to say, you had your chance and you blew it. And she said it to my face. You had your chance and you blew it. I have a dear, sweet girlfriend that I miss dearly. Her name is Barbara Calderon. Her kids and my kids grew up together. She was my sister. And I lost her to the C word. She was my sister. She was the only person that I could count on every single Saturday morning without fail. 52 Saturday mornings. She would call me and we would talk for two and three hours. And she's the only person that I could ever allow to use the N word. And she used it, but she used the N-word in a collective fashion because it wasn't just relegated to black folks. She talked about her people, Barbara Calderon. So okay. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, so this is why you don't like Latino people or you have an issue with that. So let me. No, 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 no. I didn't say that, Corliss. I didn't say I didn't like him. No. Well, you no. had an issue. You had an issue with him making a Latino calendar. So let me swing it back around and say this. What a better way to produce a calendar by a black man 
who's educating the Hispanic race on their history for it to come from 365, black365.com. Because there is no Hispanic calendar out there. And for him to take the opportunity to see that we have things that cross, you know, we are both at the bottom. They're they ahead of us, but we're both at the bottom of the totem pole. And so what a better way that to have a black man educate them on their history. So regardless of how people feel and everybody we learned on Monday Madness, everybody's, you know, has their own opinion and you have your opinion as to why, you know, why, or you question why he made a Hispanic calendar. And, and he answered by letting you know that a lot of our, a lot of our stuff intertwines. So yes, I hear what you're saying. And I know that we're on the bottom, but what a better way for them to learn than from a black man telling them about their history and him being able to be successful with these calendars uh, to be able to educate them. So again, if you go to black history, black 365.com, you can order your African-American calendar and, or your Latino calendar and get these wonderful random facts that you, I mean, who knew Angela Davis's birthday? Like really now I know, you know, you know, I mean, so it's just really nice when you have this hanging at work or at home. This is my home when I have one at work where I'm looking each day just to see, okay, what, what's the black fact for today? The great conversation starters. Uh, can you be used in the classroom as quick writes or, you know, again, uh, classroom conversations to start today right. and, and, and all those good things. And let me tell you about this. Uh, the, the crown jewel of what I do. Again, we have the calendars. We have some black history cards, four different uh, editions of black history cards, uh, African Americans A to Z, African American quotations, uh, African American athletes and African Americans in, in steam, uh, uh, packs of uh, flashcards, history cards. Uh, we have some greeting cards, got apparel. Uh, but the crown jewel of what I do, the thing that gets me most excited is, uh, the Black 365 Knowledge Bowl. Uh, Knowledge Bowl, in essence, like a black history, uh, style Jeopardy, where teams of students answer 100 questions in black history uh, for trophies and prizes and medals and awards and scholarship money and all these things. So just imagine young black folks answering, you know, give me uh, the Harlem Renaissance for 100. Give me African-Americans in steam for 200. Give me civil rights era era for 400, right? Uh, All these these questions and answers are going at fast pace and high energy and high knowledge going on. Uh, That's the thing that Makes me go to sleep late and wake up early. Uh, the calendar right. and, uh, and the bowls. Been doing bowls now for 12 years. Been, uh, doing bowls for 12. Yeah. 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 Mainly That's here right. in the Palmdale Lancaster area. Definitely looking to expand my reach, expand my foothold into the, uh, my foothold into, uh, uh LAUSD and, in other school districts as well. Uh, if anyone has any ins to, uh, to I other do. school districts, please do let me know. But, uh, yeah, that, that's truly the thing. And this is a way, a creative way for students to learn about our history. And, you know, what a better way to do it when you can turn it into a Jeopardy style situation. And so, again, I'm, I'm Jamal, I'm so, so very proud of you. Um, and it's just like I said, to be able to see you this past June and just be like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And, and I knew, I knew it just threw you off when I, that I knew who you were. Everybody at that table's eyes got big. Like this woman said he graduated in 2000 from how the hell does she know 22 years later who this dude is? 
I couldn't tell you his name to save my life. But I was like, I know exactly who you are. You are the first black student to be the student body president at Lancaster High in, in, in spring of 99 or his senior year, 99-2000. What amen to that for him to go from that to being able to create a calendar that has 365 days of black history. And I just, you heard the random facts and he doesn't repeat too much ever, really. So again, you know, these calendars, what are they? 1599? Uh, $14.99. $14.99. And you know, you see the calendars in the calendar stores during Christmas. This right here is going to educate your folks. It's going to educate you. And, and I believe in it strongly because every day I want to see what's going on. I'm, I'm able to know that Sam Cook, you know, got his, um, on today back in 1994 you're not gonna wow. learn that in anybody's class yeah, that's great so, can know, we do a bowl on this network can we do a bowl on with you on the network let's make it happen yes let's make it happen great wonderful we're gonna do it we're gonna we hear it. the music playing i know it's time to go but I'm, i just wanted to make sure that we ended on that positive note about knowing that you can learn about your history and the history of our people um, by getting this calendar and being able to say, huh, how about that? It's so-and-so's birthday. Huh. They started this, you know, steam did this or that and another. So Jamal, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I'm hoping that he's going to be able to come to St. Mary's on March 31st, put this on your calendar for our career day so that he can then, you know, be there to talk about how he used this as his career and his business, even after doing real estate and all the other things. So. All right, it's 6.04, folks. We have gone over. I apologize. Um, we had to stop Colette from stabbing people. Um, so, uh, you know, that took some time to bring her back down. You, you, you were marching today. She, you know. I'm marching. She's ready to stab, you know, all, all of that. Sorry. In Los Angeles. She's ready to kill them all. But, you know, we're going to bring it back to the love, the love. I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back down. So thank okay. you for listening to In the Mix, Conversations with Colette and Corliss and Jamal. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of you. And I'll be in touch with you about the um, our, our career day at St. Mary's on March 31st. Sounds and the good. bowl between you and, and you and the network. We're going to do the bowl. Sounds and I'll good. get you Make into LAUSD. I'll get you into LAUSD. Thank you. I work thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Go ahead, Corliss. That's it, y'all. That's all we got for today. We we got out of it without getting hurt this time. Um, yes. So we'll stay tuned next week. We'll have another delightful guest as we celebrate Black History Month 2023. And what a way to kick it off by learning some facts about our people. So yes. see you next Wednesday. See you on Monday for Mindful Mondays. We'll be talking about prostate cancer. So come on back through for Mindful Mondays with me and the rest of our wonderful podcast shows that we have on intentional talk radio network have a good evening folks take care bye for now All right.